This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five-star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Hey, Hardwood Knox listeners, I am Dan Favalli coming at you with my co-host Andy Bailey, as you can tell by the non-super long intro. Uh, today is not the happiest or even the slightest bit of happy podcast. Uh, we're not going to go through the, the normal intro. None of this follow us, follow me, follow all that stuff. Um, we are here to talk about Kobe Bryant. Um, he on Sunday, he and his 13-year-old daughter Gianna were one of nine people who were killed in a helicopter crash in California. It was sudden. It was devastating as the news was trickling out. Um, Kobe was 41. There are just so many factors that need to be weighed when reacting to this. Uh, and it's for me, before I throw it to Andy, I was honestly surprised at how much I was impacted by it. Definitely one of the deaths, however sudden and, and unexpected, that impacted me more in terms of a celebrity, someone who you didn't know personally, I was honestly just surprised at how struck I was by it, even when you remove the the un- unexpectedness of it all. And it's, you know, it's, it's definitely tragic. It's definitely something to mourn. I found it hard to reconcile just because how do you reconcile it all with Kobe's past? The, I think his legacy is complicated and his impact on the game is undeniable. The ambassador that he was for women's sports needs to be recognized and appreciated appreciated uh you know he was even someone who became an advocate uh, for uh, for the use of, against homophobic slurs uh he scolded i remember one user on twitter for using the term you're gay and i believe he had done work with with uh the glad society so it's there's all that and just how forthcoming he was with the media how much he seemed to enjoy the game unlike a lot of the older heads and retired players now, um, how he seemed to know everybody, uh, even when you look at the youngsters, some of whom weren't even born when Kobe started his career, that were upset um, when he was killed on Sunday. There's all that. And then there's obviously what happened when he was credibly accused of of rape in 2003 in Colorado, and then all the events that unfolded after that. I was going through some of the coverage of that after the news, and it was just a reminder of how the the victim was just dragged through the mud throughout the trial, and it was just something that even later on, after 
after the case had been dropped, after the, the civil suit had been settled, it was just something that it never felt like he reckoned with in himself, at least publicly. And he did have the press conference at first, um, but he built this whole Mamba persona sort of around that time in, in his life and in his career. And that's a part of his legacy. And I think it's important not to forget that. I also think, though, that we you can separate those feelings where you can recognize and appreciate the impact he had on the game, the person he became, and then still think about what happened in 2003 about him being credibly accused of rape without downplaying it either. And so that's sort of where I land with it. And I'm probably stumbling through the words, even as I thought about them a ton before we recorded this podcast, it was just such a, it was a tragedy. The fact that, you know, as the news trickled out that there were kids on board, his, his daughter, Gianna 13, one of those lasting uh, memories that'll be ingrained into my head is him. I think it was at a, was it a Nets Hawks game? but he's on the sidelines and they're just talking basketball. Uh, it did seem like he was a fantastic father. And so it, just all these emotions, they just get thrown into a ball. And it's not something that I think you were expecting to have to emotionally deal with. And I can, uh, my heart goes out to the Bryant family, his wife, Vanessa, his other three daughters, and all the families and loved ones that were just impacted by Sunday's helicopter crash and saw their loved ones taken from them just so unexpectedly so unceremoniously and so uh, we'll apologize in advance as i stumble through this talk if we stumble through words this is just a it's a hard thing to discuss even when you thought so much about it and after blathering on i will throw it to you andy i just wanted to see what your kind of general thoughts were on everything um shock was probably the biggest one uh, you were actually the first person to alert me to it. I got a text from you. Uh, I don't even remember what time it was sometime in the afternoon that said, uh, TMZ is reporting that Kobe Bryant died. I think that was it. Um, I don't know if that's the exact wording, but it was short. And I thought, no way. Um, I just, I couldn't believe it. I think my kids were just sort of coming out of nap time. And, uh, <laughs> it was, it was this surreal few hours we were all together <laughs> my wife myself my two children watching like superhero movies or something um and i just kept refreshing twitter you know you know getting new updates getting unconfirmed reports and probably every i don't know 10 seconds i just look at my kids and think wow um it's so fragile i guess um <laughs> This maybe isn't the time to bring this up, but, you know, when there was a report that all four of his children were on board, I was just gutted. And then later I'm angry because I think, you know, how do we report these things um, without them being confirmed? And then there comes the report that one of his daughters was on the helicopter. And again, I'm just like floored. Um, I have a my, my oldest child is my daughter and I'm very close to her. Um Last night, Bleacher Report called me in kind of late to write a slideshow of the greatest moments of Kobe's career. Um, and to me, the greatest one, and I ended it with this, and, and it, eventually it uh, didn't survive the cutting room floor, but the greatest moment to me uh, is that scene of him at the Hawks-Nets game with his daughter. I know it was after his playing career, um, but I, I, you know, and I don't know Kobe personally. It's, it's incredible the impact that he's had on a bunch of people that never met him. Um, 
But it seems like to him, <clears throat> one of the most important things about his legacy, if not the most important thing, is what he was doing for his children. Um, he was he was his daughter's coach. He's he's obviously going to all these games with her. Um, you know, not just NBA games, but he's coaching her her competitive games. Um, he's talking about the game with her on the sidelines of this NBA game. It just seemed like there was a really beautiful connection between those two. And it's just, uh, maybe it's selfish, but it just made me think so much about my connection with my own daughter. It's just a really tough thing to <laughs> grapple with. Um, and I have like, you and I kind of talked about this yesterday, but for whatever reason, I've, I've kind of become this, um, at least to outsiders, like people see me as this anti Kobe guy on Twitter. I've had run-ins with his fans. Um, I was a huge fan of Kobe in the early 2000s. I loved the Shaq and Kobe Lakers. I remember rooting for them so hard against the Celtics when it was, you know, Kobe and Powell. I vividly remember being in my brother's apartment in Los Angeles, watching some of those finals games. Um, and one thing I would always say, and I genuinely meant this, when I would have run-ins with hordes, literally hordes of Kobe Bryant fans on Twitter, um, I think I've said more than once, like, I genuinely respect the loyalty that this guy inspired in his fans. I mean, I don't know if there's another athlete um, that I can think of that inspired this level of devotion and loyalty. And I think there's something to be said for that. Um, multiple players sobbing during games yesterday. Neymar across the world puts up Kobe's number after he scores a goal. Um, it, it was completely unexpected, completely random, um, you know, pretty fresh after his playing career. There's just so many factors that play into the to this being really one of the most, if not the most, shocking death uh, that I can remember in my life. It's, it was just a bizarre, surreal day. And that's what's going to make it inherently more difficult to deal with is just speaking from experience when you feel like someone has been – and you didn't know Kobe personally. I didn't know Kobe personally. It's like this isn't speaking to us, but just his his impact it feels like or just the fact that he was here and then he wasn't. It feels like he was stolen because he was stolen. And so it's not like this ordeal where you knew something was wrong and there was time to, to process it. And so you it was just everything – all at once. And yep. I I was floored in the same way that you were, where I think maybe one of the best examples is Trey Young. Wasn't even born by the time Kobe started his NBA career. And he was yeah. just an emotional wreck yesterday before the Hawks game. And he came out, uh, he was in Kobe's number eight, and then all the teams, basically, we saw 24-second violations in honor of number 24, uh, eight-second violations in honor of those who, uh, in honor of his number eight. But for someone like that to be so broken up about someone who's the start of the M his NBA career predated his time on this earth is just incredible. And that's something that I'll marvel at just always is how much of an influence he was on the game of basketball and the people who were a part of it, who were not only playing it, but, but were covering it. And that it was just, I, I it's immeasurable and it's almost after going through Sunday, it's, it's almost incomprehensible just because of the, the sheer enormity of it. And it's also, you know, there's nothing that was, when you're thinking about 
his basketball legacy, there, there's nothing easy about it because there's what I talked about in the intro, but it's, you know, he wins three titles with Shaq, but he, they might've hated each other during the time. Um, he was a Laker his entire career, but he almost demanded a trade out of LA. Like he was on the precipice. I think it was going to the Pistons at one point. There's that story. Um, and then Dr. Buss talked him out of it. So there's just, there's so much, there's so many layers to, um, his time in the NBA, the time of his prime. And then, and then even after it, where you talked about this too, just one of the many lasting images we'll have is that of, of someone who really felt or looked like from afar that he was um, invested in uh, the the success and well being of, of his children and, and just the relationship he seemed to have with, with Gianna. And it's, a, it's a shame that your the moment of them talking on the sidelines didn't make your, your cut it got cut from uh, your piece because that's that's something I'll just always remember. It became a meme, but it was like one of those like viral memes where it was actually fun, where it wasn't you know a lot of the stuff with Kobe too turns into mocking, um, but that wasn't one of them. Like it would maybe be used to mock other people, but it was just it was something that almost was universally enjoyed, and which is so cool. Yeah. Um... <laughs> That'll that'll be one of the lasting images for me for sure. Him and his daughter. Um, you know, there's the video of him on Kimmel going around about how she was gonna carry on the Bryant name too, which was just gut wrenching to see that shared over and over yesterday. And um, you mentioned Trey Young. I think the player <clears throat> reaction that probably did the most to me was Tyson Chandler, um, a teammate of Kobe sitting on the bench just crying um and and i think you said i don't know if it was in a text or a tweet or whatever but um how difficult it must be for those guys to publicly go through these things um you know lebron james obviously reacting after he got off the plane um just really 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 difficult it just it um made me think so much about my own family um and my wife and I talked about it a lot. You know, what, how, how would we move forward? How would she move forward if I was suddenly gone? Or how would I move forward if, if she and one of the kids were suddenly gone? Um, obviously, just the sincerest condolences um, to Vanessa Bryant and the, the three daughters and all the other families, too. Um, when the final count, you know, settled at nine, I just, I, was I just thought, wow, um, lots of families impacted, and I don't know. <laughs> stuff like this happens, and you think, what can I do? How can I help? Um, and these these people are um, they're they're far away from me for sure. I'm I'm never gonna personally meet any of them probably, and I don't know if there's anything I can do. Um, but I guess <laughs> I. I just don't know. I feel like I'm rambling now. Um, I guess the thing you can do is just you know hug your kids tight, your loved ones tight. Um, take advantage of every moment that you have with them because it's you know clearly not guaranteed. None of this is so. Uh, just a really really rough day for sure. Yeah, it's uh, there's nothing. I do not know the experience. Thank God. But watching from my grandmother having to be alive when my mom passed away when I was a teenager the, yeah. one of the hardest things to do is bury a child and you don't envy you know Vanessa Bryant or the families of the others in this situation at all it was just 
it was just a tragedy in, in every sense of the word. And it was, you mentioned it at the top of this was you were just constantly on Twitter. That was like the only thing that I felt that I could do. And I wasn't sure it was like, not to help, but just in, in terms of reacting was just refresh my Twitter feed and follow along there. And like you did, I felt a little dirty seeing these reactions from players, coaches, the, the video of LeBron, um, you know, being emotional after he got off the plane, that was what prompted my tweet about, you know, this is moving to see, but it's also just a reminder how much it sucks that these guys can't process basically anything in private. And so like, that was part of the experience too. But at the same time, I just couldn't get off Twitter for some reason. And so that was, that was just also part of it. And uh, the other thing too, that this made me think about is because we, when we were talking about how Kobe was actually your favorite player at one point and how you've garnered this reputation as not only anti-Kobe, I guess also, also anti-Kyle Kuzma at this point, but <laughs> as anti-Kobe, it was – we both appreciate like the stats and this isn't going to be a talk about his where he stands all time. So that's not what I'm about to get into, I promise. But And there's some of the intangible stuff I do think that – you and I probably don't value as much as others, which is fine. Uh, but he really had like this cutthroat devotion to winning. Like it was just the, like almost a perfect replication of, of how Michael Jordan was um, when you look at his competitive drive and just the stories. I don't know how many of them are true, but of just early morning workouts where players are getting up, just heading down to breakfast and Kobe comes in drenched in sweat because he was already working out for X amount of hours as my voice kind of cracks up there. Just all these different stories about his work ethic. I'm sure some of them are sensationalized, but the fact that it feels that every single one of them could be true is part of his legacy as well, because he created that perception that he was something more than this workaholic. Just again, the, the stories are plentiful, that they, they seem infinite, and some of them are just absolutely absurd when you look at just how, or how many shots he'd be getting up or what time he would wake up, if it was three in the morning, two in the morning, or anything absurd like that. And uh, there was, I can't remember what his exact quote was, uh, but it was in one of the pieces I read yesterday, but where he he had said that he doesn't understand why everyone isn't as obsessed with winning as him because why else are they here talking about the NBA? Just stuff like that is, I think it gets leaned on too much when talking about him sometimes, but when you really just look back, it's like, wow, this is stuff that people bought into because, because it seems like it was so true because he seemed so just relentlessly irreverently committed to, to just winning and, and putting in the work. I don't think I don't think you could say that anybody was like definitively more competitive than Kobe Bryant. Um, and you're right. I think maybe it's something that I didn't value enough about his career in in hindsight. Um, it wasn't it wasn't always about numbers with him. It was this um, just unparalleled drive to be the absolute best and, and not just individually. Um, it was it was to be the best alongside his teammates um you know titles were the absolute number one goal for him um and i don't think again i don't think anybody came uh before or after 
or, you know, I don't think anybody came before and I don't think anyone will come after who we can say that guy absolutely was more competitive than Kobe Bryant. Um, you know, there's obviously tons of comparisons to him uh, or between him and Michael Jordan over the course of Kobe's career. And they're, they're obviously different players, but the competitive drive that each one had um, and the obvious uh, influence that that Jordan had on Kobe. I love that video and I'm, I'm glad it was making the rounds yesterday where they just cuts in between Kobe and MJ doing almost like carbon copy, exact same things, you know, the fadeaways, the reverses, crossovers, all this stuff. Um, he, he was just so, so, so driven to be the absolute best. And it was, you know, it helped him win five NBA championships. And that's what was most important to him as a basketball player. Um, so yeah, he's, he's got an incredible legacy, um, in basketball. It looked like he was starting to build an incredible one outside of basketball with what he was doing for his daughter, what he was doing with women's sports, um, the podcasts, the children's books, all that stuff. He'd already won an Academy award for crying out loud. Um, he, he was, you know, obviously set up to go and conquer this next realm the way he'd conquered basketball. So it's just incredibly sad that um, he doesn't get an opportunity to do that. And, um, you know, her, his daughter doesn't get an opportunity to conquer women's basketball, as I'm sure she was dreaming of doing. Um, it's just in, incredibly, incredibly sad day. Um, and that was kind of leads into the last thing that I wanted to touch on is at a time when it seems that so many former players or coaches or broadcasters do not <clears throat> excuse me like the NBA product yeah. he was someone who at least seemed to value it and I, just his relationship with some of the youngsters and it's part of what makes his legacy so tough to, to reconcile because you can't forget about him credibly being accused of, of rape in 2003 um, but then he goes on to become this ambassador for women's sports and I can only imagine how tough this might be for sexual assault vis victims to process or just women in general to process. And, and yet there are all those, those good things are a part of his legacy too. And I'm not saying that one negates the other. It's just, it's part of what makes it so complicated because I do find myself appreciating how much he remained invested, not just in the game, but, but furthering it, promoting it, not, not shilling it, but, but actually promoting it and, and genuinely seeming to enjoy it, being around it, and not as much as some others seem like they're around it, but he was still ingrained into the NBA culture. And just at a, a time when it feels like there's an assault on the – some of it uh, genuinely deserved when you look at how the NBA is promoting its own product or the stuff that's being emphasized. But just when there's an assault on the, the way that the NBA is – handling its product, promoting its product, to have one of the the largest former figures, one of the, the biggest icons the game has ever seen, still appreciate the game in its form today in a way that's almost, and I won't say almost, in a way that is counterintuitive to how he carried himself on the court for much of his career. I know later career Kobe Bryant became more affable on the court, but it, he did have this me against everyone mentality for so long where it seems like he didn't want to be friends with anyone but now in his post-playing career and again in his later career days to just see him become an ambassador not just for the NBA itself but for but for the WNBA was that's what one makes this more complicated but that's also something that I do find myself really appreciating about him as well yeah um I don't really have anything else to add 
I, I would just say that, you know, thank you to all of you for listening. Hopefully, uh, hopefully, <laughs> I don't even know what to say. It was, it was a rough day. I hope everybody's doing okay. And I would say just spend as much time with your loved ones as you possibly can. And uh, until next time, we'll, we'll go ahead and sign off. Nobody builds 5G like Verizon builds 5G because we're the engineers who built the most reliable network in America. And the more you do with 5G, the more building it right matters. The more your network matters. The more Verizon engineers going the extra mile matters. It's us pushing us. It's Verizon versus Verizon. 5G built right from America's most reliable network. Most reliable based on rankings from Rootmetrics second half 2020 U.S. report of three mobile networks. Results may vary. Award is not an endorsement.